It's the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host. We're going to cover a real interesting subject. The book is called Word Up. How to write powerful sentences and paragraphs and everything you build from them. So this is an interesting topic because we hear words every day and words affect us. But now we're going to learn from one of the experts in the field. Her name is Marsha Reefer Johnston, and she joins us now. Welcome. Thank you, Michael. Hi, everyone. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics, Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bearedynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth to Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And by Hamilton Stands, founded in 1883 in Hamilton, Ohio, Hamilton Stands is the oldest music and instrument stand maker in the world. They offer a broad range of sheet music stands, band and orchestra instrument stands, and combo stands, including mic stands, guitar and keyboard stands, and accessories. In fact, the broadcast you're listening to is made using a Hamilton stage rocker mic stand. Visit HamiltonStands.com. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission, to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics, along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators. Our audience should know that Marsha Reefer Johnston's words have appeared in the Scholarly Journal, uh, Shakespeare Quarterly, the Professional Journal of Technical Communication, the weekly newspaper Syracuse New Times, and uh, that user guy that you used last week and didn't swear at. Well, that's what you wrote. That's right. <laughs> so, so tell I us, stand by it. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, we want to really cover this subject because it affects everything in, in life. What makes a good writer? It's not just wrote stuff that you learn in school. I know you have to build a foundation, but you know, where do you see people develop the most? You know, I asked that question. I had a great opportunity to ask that question of Frank Capra. You may know who mm -hmm. him as the director of some of the great films of the early 20th century. Yes. Um, like it happened one night and um, a number of films. And I asked him that question. I said, how do you get to be a good writer? And his answer is the best answer I've ever heard to that question. He said, there is no other way than to write and write and write some more. So. Makes sense. <laughs> there's no real magic in the teaching of writing. Yes, you can give people all kinds of guidelines and rules. But without doing the writing yourself, you really will never get to be a good writer. So practice, 
Why do people listen to some over others? It makes sense with the uh, you know auditory with the uh, verbal communication, but but yes. writing is just as powerful, if not more, because we see it every single day. And so, you know, what are we up against? I mean, what what is the the difference between you know if we pay attention to some of the things you say in the book, how can we be heard, and how can we be more impactful, and how can we grow if we're better writers? Well, I'll focus on one. Thing. And there are many, but I'll just pick one uh, that is pretty much universal in my experience. How to write more concisely, or how to write concisely, and how to identify wasted words. Take the word very. Okay. Uh, if you're in marketing, for example, and you want to convince people that your product is very amazing. You can notice when you hear that word very, it's like, oh, somebody's really trying to sell me on something. It's almost a turnoff. And if you take out that word very, and just, and you wouldn't want to use the word amazing either, that's, that doesn't tell anything. So you want to pick a word that's really, nah, there's another one, really, the word really, uh, in your writing, um, it's adding no value. So you want to look for words like very and really and um, that have a, a couple of dozen words to look for. And when you cut all of those words out, you're left with what's your true message. So that's one thing people can do is just get rid of the words that don't add any value. Yeah, I guess, you know, I'm sure that you probably see this all the time. We use words as a crutch, not only when we speak, but certainly in the subject now when we write. And, uh, and yeah, I guess that's true that people use that in, in marketing, maybe even on television, if you listen to certain words that we become uh, maybe too accustomed to when we catch on to the marketer who's behind all that <laughs> and realize that, you know, wait a minute. But uh, yeah, so that makes sense. So, so get away from the fluff and, you're, and you could be a better writer. And especially in writing, you have the opportunity to go back and edit. And when you're speaking, things are going to come out of your mouth in, in, a, in a, you know, you're going to say really, and you're going to say very, and you can't just go out and grab them and undo. But if you give yourself the time to let a piece of writing sit and then go back to it later when it's not red hot in your mind, you can make much better decisions about it. Well, really, it's an editing exercise that we're talking about. Be sure to give yourself that editing pass before you put anything out there. Well, you have a love affair with the uh, English language and people. I just thought it was an untapped discussion because I think there are a lot of people that, that would like to actually write about their life. And some people want to write that great American novel or they want to write a biography. I'm sure, I'm sure there are more people out there that want to express themselves, even for their websites or business or whatever it may be. And, uh, and your book certainly, Word Up, how to write uh, powerful sentences and paragraphs and everything you build from them um, would, would definitely help them. So uh, what's your love affair with the, uh, the English language? It's a pleasure in language that is unlike any other pleasure. Hmm. And not everyone is going to, like if you're writing an email, you might not be using those kinds of, um, that kind of, uh, attention to languages, sounds, and rhythms, and so forth. But even if you're writing 
uh, some piece of business, like a marketing piece, for example, uh, you may find that some attention to the rhythms, the sounds, the kind of poetic elements of language can make a real difference in the impact they have on readers. We learn early. I mean, we we resent it, though. A lot of people, some some don't. But uh, in high school or, you know, when they they make you read these books, you know, 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea or Moby Dick or oh, yeah. Lord of the Flies or Sid Arthur or something like that. And, and mm-hmm. in, you wonder why. And I'll never do that again. But if, if that can make a difference in, in people's lives, much like when I was at community college, I, I went beyond that, but I went to community college and the, and the um, music appreciation professor wanted us to understand the value and the virtue of the beauty of classical music. So it can make yeah. an impact in your life because it's something unlike anything else as you feel about, about writing. So, um, so, you know, they try to develop uh, that foundation early. If, if we could just fall in love uh, was there not more of an appreciation, though, in years past of, of how people wrote? What do you mean? Well, you mean in, uh, in general population? Yeah, I mean, you know, just as far as where we are today, and forgive me, in the Twitter world or whatever yeah. Twitter universe, uh, do we not uh, appreciate more Charles Dickens and Shakespeare? Did we not appreciate these folks back then? That may very well be that... But I think it's always been um, uh, kind of a luxury that a lot of people couldn't afford or didn't see that they could afford to read for pleasure and read for this kind of pleasure. So it it may be rarer than ever, but I think it's always been somewhat rare. And uh, I don't really know. I don't have any research on that to back me up. Well, I mean, you don't have to have, you know, and I'm not yeah. looking for a book report. I'm just saying, yeah. I'm just saying that it's, um, I think the appreciation for culture and, uh, and good writing is uh, school systems trying to establish earlier is uh, it can change people as a person. So once again, if people buy your book, uh, book word up, how to write powerful sentences and paragraphs and everything you build from them. The other book, uh, you can say that again, 750 redundant phrases to think twice about. Um, you know, perhaps we'll, I don't know, not only just grow, but uh, learn to, to find better expression in ourselves and, and connect more perhaps with other people. I mean, there's so much you can, and, and have maybe more appreciation for culture because that helps people grow and develop. That's why they have you learn these books. So, early. And so tell us about the other book. Uh, you can say that again. Well, the other book, it's, a, it's pretty much a long list of redundant phrases. My husband and I, my husband's also a, a word lover, uh, and uh, we had made kind of a sport for years of noticing redundant phrases all over the place. It could be on the radio, it could be on a billboard, it could be a, a print ad, it could be something that I hear coming out of my own mouth. Uh, and, and we've started keeping a list. And, and uh, for example, here's one of my favorites. Okay. I, I saw somewhere along the line, BFF forever. <laughs> Love Paris Hilton and Kim Kardashian. And if you, what does BFF stand for? Best friends forever. Right. So if you say BFF forever, you're actually saying best friends forever, forever. 
And little things like that, just they're all around us. And as we started noticing them and listing them, at one point, I got up to 600 word, uh, phrases on the list. And uh, I thought, well, geez, this would make a fun little book. And my son is a graphic illustrator, and he created some drawings that went with some of the phrases. Here's another one. Free gift. Okay, that's, that's redundant. <laughs> yeah. So they're just everywhere you look, you're going to start seeing uh, phrases like that. And so once we got up to 600, we thought, we're going to make a little book out of this and just have fun with it. So that's the point of that book is just to have a little fun and raise consciousness. As a writer, you want to be looking in your own writing for any redundancies that you maybe just that you were not even looking for before and you were unaware. And Marsha, can I ask you, do you find that different cultures treat words differently? I mean, I'm sure that certain books are translated and things like that, but um, how, do, how do Americans stack up in the way that they phrase words or put where I'd be curious, you know, uh, if you know about that as in different cultures and how they treat words, different languages, different tongues. Well, there's, there is so much to say about language and culture. And one of the fascinating things about English is that it brings together so many, like Greek and Roman, it has romance, it has Anglo-Saxon, it has such, such a rich uh, stew of types of words from different traditions that it, in maybe in romance languages, they're going to tend to have more of a uh, common pool of words to draw from. So when you're writing in English, if you want to use very forceful language, you might go for Anglo-Saxon words and like, I, I don't know for sure, but I think a word like chop, you know how it even sounds uh, kind of like you're chopping. It's It's got a confrontiveness to it. Um, and uh, a French word might have a little more of a softness to it, like uh, s'il vous plaît. And so the way your words affect people are going to be different. I'm not sure how to comment at your question exactly, but uh, I think the good news for writers of English is that depending on what effect you want your words to have, you can draw from... Um, all kinds of language, all kinds of word roots that will have a different effect on your readers. All right. And last question, if you could tell our audience, you know, how you would like language to change or words uh, from reading your books, uh, what would you tell them as far as, you know, how it really could have an impact on their lives? And perhaps they don't know about it, but if they only explored, if you could only lead them to the promised land of writing, <laughs> what would you tell them? What comes to me, if I had one thing to say, to answer that question, it would be not to be afraid. I think the fear is one of the things that stops people um, because they, they think of themselves as not good at writing. And that becomes a barrier. And if they can let go of that fear of not being a good writer, and just explore the the um, all the rich 
possibilities that writing allows. They can create amazing things. For example, if you can tell about an experience vividly and you've got people on the edges of their chairs, you're really connecting with them. And that may be, um, it may be a spouse. It may be someone that you're dating. It may be a boss. It may be your colleagues. I mean, in any relationship where you're sharing something of your life with people and you can do it vividly, that's one of the things that writing skills enable you to do hmm. is give someone a sense of what was it like when that thing happened to you? Tell me more. And you're really engaging people. Um, to, to write well is to engage with people. And that's the magic of life. That's what we're all after. And that's that spice of life. I mean, you know, yeah. because I, I, I guess we can run real cold. And I, I just wonder how much, how many of us just kind of run stale or don't develop past a certain age bracket. And of course, uh, getting your book, you know, which is well-written, word up, how to write powerful sentences and paragraphs and everything you build from them. The other, of course, you can say that again, 750 redundant phrases to think twice about. The go-to lady for writing at writing.rocks is uh, Marsha Reefer Johnston. Thanks for being on the program, sharing your wisdom with us and helping us grow a little bit more when it comes to the uh, world of writing. Thank you, Michael. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand, from headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bearedynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth To Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And by Hamilton Stands, founded in 1883 in Hamilton, Ohio, Hamilton Stands is the oldest music and instrument stand maker in the world. They offer a broad range of sheet music stands, band and orchestra instrument stands, and combo stands, including mic stands, guitar and keyboard stands, and accessories. In fact, the broadcast you're listening to is made using a Hamilton stage rocker mic stand. Visit HamiltonStands.com. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators.